I'm Nathan, the online pastor at Parkview, and welcome to Parkview on the Go. We are a church where, regardless of your background, your story, or where you might be when it comes to this faith stuff, you belong. We are just a week away from Christmas services at Parkview, which is crazy to say out loud. And if you're doing the math right now, yes, we start our services five days early. And whether you plan to attend online or in person, we have some amazing things in store for you this year. You can find all of our service times at christmasatparkview.com. And if you're planning to attend in person, don't forget that you'll need to reserve your tickets. By the way, if you're in Chicagoland and you're comfortable being inside one of our physical campuses, we could really use your help. Our volunteers help us to create a warm and welcoming environment for guests at Parkview's Christmas services. And because we have extra services this year, we need some extra hands. So if you're able to jump in and serve, sign up at christmasatparkview.com. After the band kicks things off with a classic Christmas carol, I'll be back to share an incredible growth opportunity. Caleb, take this little part out. Does he edit stuff? Okay. Hey, uh, so after christmasatparkview.com, I'm going to skip everything I just said and go to this. Sorry, Caleb. Listen, the God who rules the world with truth and grace loves you, is for you, and if you've been running for a while, he is ready for you to come home. Enjoy the service. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let And wonders of his love and wonders 
again to this Christmas playlist series. I'm so glad uh, that you're a part of this this weekend. And uh, before we dive into our time of study today, I wanna let you know just a few things about Christmas Eve services. They are coming up uh, this week, and uh, I wanna let you know that we've also added additional services at all of our campuses. So we want to encourage you to go to parkviewchurch.com and get tickets reserved for uh, any of these services at all three uh, campuses. And when you're looking online for these tickets, uh, it may say that the service that you're looking at is sold out. And, and I just want you to know that when it says sold out, that means that we're at our capacity. That doesn't literally mean that every single seat in the entire auditorium is filled. We are being very cautious. We're requiring masks from everyone for these services, and we're just filling up to 30%. So full capacity or sold out means 30% capacity. So we want you to know that we're being very careful with our safety and cautious, wearing masks and all those things. So I hope that you'll get tickets for that. And by the way, if you already have tickets for one of those services and you're not going to use them all, I would just ask that you go online and that email that you received when you got the tickets, there's a way to donate tickets back. And we wanna ask you to do that because there's actually a lot of people who are still trying to get tickets to one of their you know, preferred services so they can bring their friends or they can bring their family. And by you donating some of those tickets back, we will be able to allow them to also come. And you don't have to donate all your tickets. So let's say you got seven tickets for your family and you only need three of them. You can donate four tickets back so that they can be used by other folks. So. We're excited about this. I hope you'll go to parkviewchurch.com. I hope you'll grab your tickets, donate your tickets back, whatever it is, and get ready to celebrate an incredible Christmas Eve service this coming week. Now, as we get ready to jump into our study today, I wanna ask you to complete this sentence. We're gonna put it up on the screen. Based on your life this year, how would you complete this sentence? What would you put 
in this blank? What word? Are you ready for it? Oh, holy what? Oh, holy what? Oh, oh holy cow, maybe? Oh, holy crap? I mean, there's, there's probably many different words that could fit nicely into that blank, right? Based on this year. I mean, can we just say it out loud? Can we just admit that 2020 has been a rough year? 2020 has been a brutal year for basically all of us. It makes me think of this meme, uh, Back to the Future, uh, that says, Marty, whatever you do, don't go back to 2020, right? That's what we're probably gonna be telling all of our kids and our grandkids in coming years. Don't go back to 2020. It was a tough, tough year. That's what a lot of us are going to remember. But in this series that we're in right now, what we're doing is we're pulling apart like famous Christmas songs, and we're finding meaning and significance for our lives. So because that is true, the appropriate word to go in that blank today is this, O Holy Night. The word night, that's the song, O Holy Night, that we're going to dive into this weekend. This song, O Holy Night, was written in the mid-1800s. And there was this parish priest in France who approached this poet named Placide Capot. What a great name, right? If you're looking for a name for a kid, how about Capot or Placide? It sounds pretty good, right? So he approached this guy to write a poem in celebration of the church's new organ, right? They got a new organ, so they wanted to celebrate that. And the interesting thing about Placide is that he was not a Christian. He didn't go to church. In fact, if you look at history, Placide is known as kind of the hellraiser in town. He was far from God. But what he did is he wrote this poem based on Luke chapter two in the Bible. And Placide loved it so much that he actually went to one of his friends named uh, Charles Adams, Adolph Charles Adams, who was also not a Christian, but he was a musician. And so he asked his friend to put music to this poem. And so here, this is just, just kind of blows my mind, Parkview. Here we have one of the oldest, most famous, most loved most sung carols of all time, and it was brought to us by two people who are far from God. The first thing I want us to realize today, before we even dig into the Bible, before we even dig into the lyrics of this song is this. This is going to be meaningful to some of you. Here's what I want us to realize. It's that God can reach anyone and use anyone for his purposes. I know that some of you right now have friends who during this Christmas season are far from God. You have family members, you have sons, you have daughters, you have grandchildren, and right now you would say they are far from God during this Christmas season. And the big question that you have circulating in your mind from the moment you get up is this, can God reach them? Can God use them? And here's what I want you to know. The good news, the answer to that is a resounding 
Yes, God can reach anyone and God can use anyone for his purposes. You know, back to the song, Oh Holy Night. In 1906, this guy named Reginald Fessenden, we actually have a picture of him we'll put up. He was an early pioneer in radio broadcasting and he did something that many people thought was impossible. He made this makeshift radio transmitter in his garage and then somehow he like hooked a microphone up to it and on Christmas Eve in 1906, Reginald broadcast the very first ever AM radio broadcast that had ever happened in the history of the world. And he did this by reading the Christmas story from Luke chapter two. And that story in Luke chapter two concludes with these words. It says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and she laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. After reading this text that so many of us know in Luke chapter two, Reginald picked up his own violin and he began to play the very first song that was broadcast over the airwaves in the history of the entire world. And it was indeed the song, O Holy Night. This song has an incredible history in our world. You know, about two weeks ago, our family was decorating our house for Christmas, and that includes setting up about 14 or 15 little nativity scenes that we've collected from all around the world. And as we look at all of those nativity scenes that so many of us set up in our homes, you know, they can appear to be pretty tranquil and pretty quiet and pretty holy, pretty peaceful. But in reality, we know that this first holy night when Jesus was born, it was far from tranquil, right? I mean, it was a chaotic town that was bursting, literally bursting at the seams with people who were trying to find places to stay during this census that was going on. Every single hotel, every hostel, every Airbnb was full. And in the midst of that chaotic scene, there's two teenagers traveling into town. One of them is pregnant, Mary, by the Holy Spirit, I would add, which is a whole nother message for a whole nother time. I mean, nobody's ever been you know, pregnant by the Holy Spirit before or after. And these two teenagers are trying to find a place to stay. And I just have to believe in my mind that if Mary and Joseph were finishing this sentence, oh, holy, I'm not sure that the word that they would put in there is the word night. You see, it was chaotic. The world that Jesus was born into was much like our world today. It had its share of pain. It had its share of problems. There was all kinds of chaos. And in the song, O Holy Night, there's this phrase that says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Everybody say weary world, right there where you are, right there in your living room, wherever you are, just say weary world. You know, if there are two words that describe where we live right now, I think it's weary world. Physically, we're weary. 
Even this last week, we set all kinds of records for the coronavirus. People who are in hospitals, people who have contracted it, people who have lost their lives to it. We have set all kinds of records just physically speaking. Economically, many people have lost their jobs, lost businesses. So many people have completely lost their savings. Emotionally, more and more people are dealing with depression and fear and anxiety every single day. Relationally, we're weary. Because you know what? We, we haven't been able to get close to the people we love and we need to be close to. Now, I've heard so many stories over the course of this year about people who are going into the hospital you know, during 2020 and they're having babies, but they can't have their families come join them because they can't have very many people in the hospital. And having a baby, this thing that is supposed to be this incredible celebration and one of the greatest moments in life has become a separation for so many people. It's tough spiritually. We haven't been able to meet together as a church community, really, for most of this year. And we've been online, which is great. I mean, it's good to be together online, but we were built, we've talked about this before, we were created for community. And when that original human need is removed for almost a year, it, it, it makes it hard. And, and here's the thing, we are a weary world. But what I love about these lyrics in this song, it says that even in the midst of a weary world, there is a thrill of hope. Take a look at how that says it. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. It's the hope, friends, that maybe, just, just maybe, God is going to break into our weary world. And my prayer today is that even in the midst of your weariness, you will be able to grab a hold of a thrill of hope this Christmas season. And the song goes on to say this, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Even in the chaos of this world, there is a new day coming. No doubt about it. And for our study today, Parkview, I want us to briefly consider the book of Lamentations. I don't know that I've ever preached from the book of Lamentations before, but as I was studying and thinking about our world in this Christmas season, I was led to the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament of the Bible. This small poetic book of Lamentations is written by this prophet named Jeremiah. And it's written during a season where hope seemed distant, and God seemed silent. Kind of where we are, right? Hope seems a little distant. God seems a little silent. And what happens is the prophet Jeremiah pours out his heart in the midst of a hopeless and chaotic and tired and weary world. So take a look at this. We'll put it up on the screen. Lamentations chapter three, verse 20 to 26. It says, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, 
The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait on him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. And it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. In these verses, we see Jeremiah beginning to move from being overwhelmed in weariness to a moment of faith and to a moment of hope in the future that is all about the faithfulness of God. And here are just a couple of truths that I think we would do well to remember this Christmas season from this text in Jeremiah. The first one is this, a new day with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. The hope to keep going. Lamentations chapter three, verse 25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To those, to the ones who seek him. You know, it's, it's, it's been said that a person can live about 40 days without food. A person can live roughly about eight days without water, and a person can live approximately four minutes without oxygen, but we can actually only live a few seconds without hope. There's so many people, as you know, there's so many people in our world today, in our own families, who are hope-deprived. There's so many people who have put their hope in all kinds of things. They put them hope in themselves. And, you know, I can do this. I can figure this out. I can gut this out. I'm smart enough. I'm strong enough. And they put them, their hope in themselves. Or other people have put their hope in friends, you know, or family members. And other people have put their hope in the stock market, you know, which is so incredibly volatile right now if you're putting your hope in the stock market. Some people put their hope in their businesses and, and some people, you know this is true, some people over the last few months have put their hope in a new president, right? If we could just get a new president, then we'd be good. A new president would fix everything, our weariness, our pain, our economy. But guess what? A new president? It hasn't done a whole lot, actually. I have people in my life who their whole hope and what they constantly talk and email me about is the new vaccines coming for COVID. And don't get me wrong, I'm all about the vaccines and therapeutics that are coming, but I have people say all the time, you know, we get this vaccine and, you know, Pfizer got approved for emergency use and it's just gonna be our hope. And listen, listen, that's so great, but our, our hope shouldn't be in vaccines. The angels didn't come and say, and therefore I declare to you good news of great joy that Pfizer or J&J or Moderna has a vaccine that can help you. No, no. What happens is, is this, then when we take our hope away from God and we put it in people or places or things, we will eventually become hopeless. You catch that? You take your hope away from God and put it in other people, places, and things, you eventually become hopeless and weary. I love what the Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, like Pastor Tim talked about last weekend, all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may what? Overflow with hope. Not just a little bit, not just this much, 
overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be filled by the God of hope to overflowing with hope. That's what we want, but it's hard to achieve in this world. Maybe you've heard the story back in the 1920s about this S-4 submarine. Uh, this submarine left port along the eastern seaboard, and, and there were about 120 men on board this boat when it actually rammed up against the coast uh, in Massachusetts, and it sank to the bottom with, with all of these men in the boat. And as it sank to the ocean floor, there were all kinds of rescue efforts that were attempted by the United States and other countries around the world. All kinds of things were launched, but they were submerged all the way down at the ocean floor, too far down, None of these search and rescue efforts were successful. But there is the story of one deep sea diver who was down there trying to figure out how they could rescue these people and then get this submarine and get them out of there. And, and, and this deep sea rescue diver, as he was down there, he, he thought he heard tapping on the submarine. He thought he heard tapping going on, and so he got really close, and, and he put his helmet up against the submarine, and what he realized is that somebody inside that submarine was tapping out the Morse code, and they were repeating the same question over and over and over and over. They were tapping out, is there any hope? And isn't that the question that our world is asking? Is there any hope? As you listen closely during this Christmas season to your sons, to your daughters, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your neighbors. You can almost hear them nervously tapping out with their fingers saying, is there any hope? It's the mom or the dad or the grandparent who is facing cancer still during the Christmas season, tapping out, is there any hope? It's the spouse who is stuck in an abusive marriage and, and this person really thought that this Christmas was gonna be different than last Christmas, but they're still stuck here and they're tapping out, is there any hope? It's the college student who graduated from college like seven or eight months ago, but still hasn't gotten a job. And now they're facing all kinds of student loans and maybe living at home and they're tapping out, is there any hope? Seriously. It's the person whose savings is depleted and they're trying to pay bills and buy Christmas presents. Is there any hope? It's, it's the teacher who is completely exhausted by online education tapping out, is there any hope? You see, listen, people are running low on hope these days. It's a weary world. It's a weary season of our world right now. In a recent Boston University study, it says that 40% of adults are struggling with stress and anxiety and mental illness. 
15% of people have increased substance abuse to cope with stress and anxiety and worry and fear. And the number of people who are contemplating taking their own lives has, has gone up dramatically in the last 120 to 150 days. Anxiety and depression is always high around the holidays, but it seems like we're setting records this year. And, and what people are asking, our friends, our kids, our grandkids, our neighbors, they're asking this, is there any hope? And here's what I want to say to you, Parkview. Listen, listen to me. If you feel that way, if someone you love feels that way, please hear me clearly. Is there any hope? The answer is yes. There is hope for you for your kids, for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors. You are not alone. There is a new day with Jesus that brings the hope that you are seeking. A new day with Jesus, understanding who he is, can bring that hope that you are seeking. I love this verse in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 26, where the prophet says, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord the salvation of the Lord. That's God's son, Jesus. Jesus is our salvation. He is our rescue when we're at the bottom of the ocean in our lives. He is our hope. I love what Pastor Max Lucado says. He says, if our greatest need had been for information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been for technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was salvation, God sent us a savior. It's true. That's Jesus. In the Bible, in Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and 12, it says this. I love this. It says, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because your salvation, your rescuer, is nearer now than when we first believed. And then I love verse 12. It says, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Would you say that last verse with me out loud? The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Here, say it with me again. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Hope is coming and has come to our world through Jesus. You know, during the last few months, my wife and I, probably a lot like you, Renee and I have watched our share of Apple Plus and Disney Plus and Netflix and that sort of thing. And one of our favorite shows over the last few months has been this show, The Queen's Gambit. Uh, I don't know if you've seen The Queen's Gambit, but it's all about this young lady who, um, her, her, her mom dies in a car accident. And so she becomes this orphan and goes to this orphanage. And while she's in this orphanage, the janitor, like the facilities manager for this orphanage, teaches this young lady how to play chess. And she becomes like this prodigy at the game of chess, and she becomes the best in the world. It's really pretty fascinating. And as I'm watching that show and thinking about our world right now and this Christmas and the coming of Jesus, it reminds me of this famous painting called Checkmate. It's called Checkmate. 
And, and in this painting, the devil, the, the evil one, is sitting across a chessboard from a young man. And, and this young man has his head bowed low. And he's lost hope. He's, he's been beaten by the evil one. And it's called, again, checkmate. And the story goes that this original painting, Checkmate, hung in a gallery in Paris. And so one day, all of these tours are coming through to see all of these paintings. And one day, in one of these tours that is coming through the gallery, there's this young chess champion. And he's coming through, and he sees this painting, and he could immediately, as he looks up at this painting, he could immediately see the pain and the stress and the weariness of this young man who had been beaten by the evil one. But as he studied the painting, this young chess champion started to realize something, and the rest of the tour went on. But as he sat there and looked at the painting, he, he began to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't a checkmate. There's one more move. There's still another move on the board. And he began to like say that out loud in the gallery. He began to say, hey, wait, wait, wait. There's another move. There's still another move. You're not defeated. Can you imagine somebody screaming that out in the gallery? He said, don't lose hope. There is still another move. And as I think about that, I think about how 2020 has felt kind of like a checkmate for so many of us. It's kind of like our backs up against the wall. Kind of feel beaten, kind of feel weary. But, but, in this song, Oh Holy Night, we're reminded that God is not done. It's not checkmate by the evil one. The evil and chaos is not going to reign. In fact, the song says there is a thrill of hope coming to this weary world and they're going to rejoice for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The day is almost over. The morning is coming. And the song goes on to say that in his name, in Jesus' name, all oppression is going to cease. It shall cease. And it says sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus we raise thee. Let all within us praise his holy name. And then that huge, huge verse that Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. Parkview, may we be the kind of people that even in the midst of the weariness of our world, we may be the kind of people that continue to spread the hope of Jesus during this Christmas season. Amen? Let's join together in that as we also listen and sing this song, O Holy Night. Brightly shining, it is. 
Thanks to all of you who invest your financial resources into the mission of Parkview. Because of your generosity, we're able to reach thousands of people each and every week with the love of God. In spite of the challenges of this past year, ministry hasn't stopped. So if you are a supporter of our mission, thank you. I also want to invite all of you to join us in our annual year-end Christmas giving initiative. Our December giving is a big part of finishing the year strong, and it provides the foundation for ministry in the coming year. We're excited about the new year. To give, just go to parkviewchurch.com give. And one last thing before we sign off, I want to invite you to check out the most recent episode of Parkview on the Spot. It's a podcast hosted by me and another one of Parkview's pastors. And we got the chance to interview Pastor Todd, the guy you just heard preach today, who talked all about his life, family, faith, and how to find joy this Christmas season. To find that episode, just search for Parkview on the Spot wherever you stream your podcasts. Thanks again for spending time with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day. Thank you.